Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. Welcome everyone to Sports Spectrum. My name is Jason Romano. It is great to have you joining us here on the program today. We appreciate you downloading and subscribing to this podcast wherever they're found. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are found. Sports Spectrum is there and we're grateful to have you tuning into today's program. You can find all of our content over at sportspectrum.com. We're also got a great deal going on, $18 for an entire year. Your chance to subscribe to the Sports Spectrum magazine, our quarterly magazine. We also have some bonus issues, including a welcome magazine when you subscribe. It's great. It really is an awesome piece of content. And the magazine, man, I, they just do such a great job, Aaron and John and the whole team at Sports Spectrum, putting this thing together. They work tirelessly. And the articles are awesome. They're all on the intersection of sports and faith. And it's a great tool to hand to a men's ministry or to a youth group or a sports team. Wherever you think, maybe it's a gift for your your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter. It's that holiday season. We're all looking for ideas for gifts. I promise you, you'll love the Sports Spectrum magazine, and it's 18 bucks for an entire year. So buy two, buy three, buy one, whatever it is. Subscribe today to the Sports Spectrum magazine. Simply do that by going to sportspectrum.com and subscribe today. Today's guest on the podcast is Mike Tolbert. Mike played 10 seasons in the NFL with the San Diego Chargers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Buffalo Bills. He was a two-time first-team All-Pro running back in 2013 and 2015, a three-time Pro Bowler also in 2013 and 15 with the Panthers, and then again in 2016. He played his college ball at Coastal Carolina, where he went undrafted in 2008, and he was a member of the 2015 Carolina Panthers NFC Championship team, that made it all the way to the Super Bowl before losing to the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 50 in California. And I really wanted to connect with Mike because he's been out of the game this year for the first time in a long time, really since he was four years old, I think he said in, in the beginning of this podcast. And I just wanted to ask him about what life is like now being away from the game but also what his interests are going forward, and then really go backwards a little bit and learn the journey, learn the story. Uh, Mike almost died when he was born. I mean, it was that quick that he easily could not be here uh, with us today. And from then on, really kind of developed and grew a faith in Jesus that stayed strong with him uh, throughout his life. Uh, we also talk some football here, and we talk about what it's like to play in a Super Bowl and that Super Bowl experience. And he has some great stories about joining the the Chargers as an undrafted rookie free agent and guys like Ladanian Tomlinson and Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates and Shaw Merriman are there and he comes walking in and just what that experience was like playing with the Chargers and walking in as a rookie Mike's got some great stories so let's get to it I love talking to Mike Tolbert three-time pro bowler and two-time first team all pro here on the Sports Spectrum podcast take a listen to our conversation with Mike Mike, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. Well, yeah, it's good to talk to you, and uh, I'm excited to kind of dive into your journey a little bit. But before we go and learn about that journey, we have to start with now. And uh, you were with the Bills right. last year in 2017, right. and you're currently not with a team. So are you former NFL running back Mike Tolbert? Are you waiting for a job running back Mike Tolbert? What are, are you, what's the status here? Do you want to still play or no? Um, you know what? I'm actually... 
I would say former. You know, I'm I've okay. done so much in my career, and right now I'm enjoying the uh, the daddy life. You know, um, <laughs> being able to sit at home and relax and enjoy the family life that I don't normally get during the season is extremely fun. So I would say former just for the simple fact that I don't want to leave my kids and my wife. So I got gotcha. you. Now I saw you did some work for the Panthers website. I know you're still in Charlotte and living there. Um, right. They called it the Tolbert Report, which I like that. Is broadcasting something you're interested in? Very much so. Very yeah. much so. You know, um, I've always been, I, I guess they would say I would have the, the gift of gab, you know, being able to talk to, <laughs> to anybody and everybody. I get it from my mom, honestly. But, um, you know, I, I've always been interested in, in doing the broadcasting and the radio. I always tell my wife that a face like this deserves to be seen. So I need to be <laughs> on somebody's TV, on somebody's you know, being seen talking about what I love, which is sports and God. So. You can be confident and you can be humble at the same time, right, Mike? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> How hard was that for you to go through, I guess, this off season and even when the season started to not be in a locker room for the first time in the NFL for 10 years, but maybe in... I don't know how many years you played football, but for the first time you weren't in uniform come September. What was that like? Well, you know, I started playing football when I was four years old, tackle football. Hmm. So it's been a long, I've, 28 years. I'm 32, be 33 in, in a few weeks. But um, it's been a long journey, you know. And it was honestly like beginning of uh, off season. I was still training, you know, thinking to myself, going to that same routine that I'm going to I'm going to play. I'm going to get a job. And then once it started getting a little bit later, once it got to May and then August and September, I'm like, you know what? It's, it may not be in my cards right now. So <laughs> things started to slow down. It, it really wasn't hard not being able to be in the locker room. I mean, that is the one thing that that I miss is is the guys, you know. Uh, like you said, I do some stuff with the Panthers right now. And just being in the locker room and talking to those brothers in there is is good enough for me. I don't need to put a helmet on again. Hmm. We're talking to Mike Tolbert here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. All right, let's let's go back to the beginning. I was doing some research on your story, especially even when you were first born and how mm -hmm. really it's a miracle that in many ways you and I are even talking today. And it goes all the way back to November 23rd, 1985 and the day you were born. Take us back Absolutely. and what, what that was like and what happened. Well, I was born prematurely. And um, not not a lot prematurely, but I was born prematurely, so I had to go to the uh, neonatal uh, ICU, intensive care unit, and they did tests and make sure I was okay. And um, they came back; the doctors came back and told my mom that I had a sizable hole in my heart, and that I'm more than likely going to need surgery to close it up. I'm not going to make it. Hmm. So my mom, obviously, I'm her; I'm the baby, so I'm she's freaking out and. And everybody's there praying in the hospital. And they put I'm in the ICU for two weeks. You know, I do tests. I do more tests and more tests. And, I, of course, I'm getting all this from my mom and my sister who was there at the time. <laughs> right. um, and, I, and I do tests. And then they come back after the final round of tests, you know, preparing for surgery. And I think my mom said it was like a week before surgery. I had to go back and do final tests to get ready. And the hole was closed up. And it was like the doctors say it was the first time they've ever seen it. They've never seen a sizable hole that big close up on an infant. You know, they were telling my mom that I wouldn't be able to walk the same. I wouldn't be able to um, wouldn't live probably past five years old because my heart wouldn't be able to tolerate the beating of life pretty much. 
um, that I would need help in every aspect of life if I was going to make it, you know, and my mom, you know, obviously being a single parent, she couldn't really afford to, to, um, do different things to help me out. So her and my grandma and my aunts, they just prayed. We all, they all prayed and just kept praying and look at me today. You know, I'm about to be 33 years old. I feel great. My body's great. You know, I had a great career in the NFL. I'm just truly blessed. And there's no after effects to that at all. Growing up as a child, it was pretty much smooth sailing as far as your health goes. Yeah, everything's been great. You know, the only effect I've seen from my heart issue is that my son was born with a heart issue, hmm. but, but which is fairly normal because I heard it's hereditary, you know, but we had that corrected and he's a jolly five-year-old now. So <laughs> that's great. Now, what about you talked about your, your, uh, your mom and even your sister and, and, and your aunt and many others praying. So I, uh-huh. I have to assume faith church jesus was that a part of your life from the time you can remember oh from the time i can remember walking i remember (laughs) being in church and you know um my mom being a single mother you know she worked a lot so i was i spent a lot of time with my aunt and my grandma and you know my grandma was the type of person that was at church on monday on tuesday (laughs) bible study on wednesday choir practice on thursday you know bake sale getting ready for the bake sale on saturday church on Sunday all day. So I was always with my grandma, you know, and my mom was big in the church too. Whenever she could be there, she was there, you know? And, you know, I just, it's, it's always been around me. I've always believed in Jesus Christ. I've always been a follower. I've always loved the Lord, you know, and it's just one of those things that continues today and it's going to continue into my children. You, uh, you know, it's one thing to grow up in a family of faith, uh, you know, and going to church. It's another thing to make your relationship with the Lord your own. So mm-hmm. as you get older, when does that start, you know, kind of taking place for you? Because I'm sure sports started coming, becoming uh, a big part of your life as well. So at what point in maybe it was teenage years, maybe it was college or even in the NFL, does that faith become Mike Tolbert's faith? Well, you know, I think I... um Hmm, good question. I think the point, like I've always, like I said, I've always been a believer. I've always known Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, you know, and I would, once I went to college, I was the, the kind that was, you know, playing football on Saturday, going partying with all my friends on Saturday night and waking up early, going to church on Sunday, hmm. you know, and then I don't think it was until me going out basically on my own when I left college and went to San Diego. I, I think that's when I like, cause I was literally in California on my own. Like I had nobody. And I think that's really when my faith just kind of took it to the next level. Like I had, I had to stay faithful in who I was as a man, who my mom raised me to be. And also, you know, just knowing that God don't leave you, lead, don't lead you down the wrong path. So. Mm. I heard you mention earlier about growing up in a single parent home. I grew up in a home with a broken relationship with my dad. I just wonder for you growing up without that father figure, that dad, that every, really every child deserves and needs uh, without him there. So how tough was that for you as you went through your young years into becoming a teenager, maybe even to where you are now? How tough is that not having a dad around? Um, it, at, at times it was tough. You know, times where, you know, being a young boy, 13, 14 years old and and just quite frankly, you know, um, 
learning about the birds and bees and stuff like that. Of course. You know, uh, it was tough, you know, coming home after getting into a fight at school because somebody said something about my mom, about anything that I didn't like. Yeah. You know, not having somebody to tell me right from wrong, just having to learn on the fly. That was a tough part about it, you know. But I always say him not being there made me the man who I am today because I have three beautiful children, you know, and I know what to do because I know what I didn't have, if you if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean because I, used to, I always tell people that my dad was around, but he wasn't present in my life. So I always mm-hmm. tell people – I just tried to do the opposite of what he did uh, in my life as I was growing up. Is that kind of the way you acclimated it? I mean, the opposite would be, you know, going from not being there to just being there. But is that what you tried to do is just acclimate yourself to becoming a dad and just doing everything that you never had when you were growing up? Well, I think, I mean, for me, it was because my dad, uh, God rest his soul, he passed away this past June, July, something like that. Mm. And I haven't, my grandma passed away in November 30th, 2009. That's when my grandma passed away. And that was, I haven't seen him since then. I got you. So, so he, he's not like, like I've probably seen him in the past 25 years. I've probably seen him three times. Mm-hmm. So he was never really around. I got you. Know? you. But my thing is like, I know what it's like not to have a man in your life to tell you that he loves you every day. You know, that's big for little girls. I have two little girls, you know, they, I've always heard the saying that your daughter's going to date a guy like you, you know? So I want my daughter to understand that this is how a man treats a woman. Right. So I've, I've, I just see, I just know what to do because I never had anybody tell me as a man, this is what you do as a man. This is how you act like a man. This is how you, show respect as a man, you know? So I know what to do because I didn't get it myself. I had to learn it the hard way. We're talking to Mike Tolbert here on the sports spectrum podcast. Let's go back on the football field a little bit and hear about that journey. You end up playing college football at coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. And I saw you were just recently inducted into their, into their hall of fame. So congrats on that. That's really, that's really awesome. You had a lot of success there. Certainly in the Big South, named an All-American, the program's third highest rusher. How do you look back at your time as a Chanticleer? I know you kind of said, you know, play a game, go party, and then go to church the next day. But just overall, your time at Coastal Carolina, tell me about that and, and how you look back on that. Um, I mean, it was it was the best four years of my life. You know, I, that's, I say that's where I became a man. You know, um, but I got my, my freshman year in college, I got in trouble and – you know, I got kicked off the football team. You know, the typical doing the wrong thing story. Yep. You know, so I got kicked off the football team, had to, you know, appeal and, and plead to the provost and to the president. They're like, this is not who I am, you know, and, and prove myself all over again. And they gave me an opportunity, and I, I took that opportunity and ran with it. You know, I mean, I got so many lifelong friends that I've made from going to Coastal Carolina, people that I've talked to from day one that I went to school with, that left school, that I'm still very close with. You know, that's part of the reason why my wife and I decided to make Charlotte home because there's so many people from Coastal that I went to school with that are here that she's became friends with that she don't want to leave. So it's very, I mean, it's near and dear to my heart, and I love my school to death. I'm going to rep it to the day I die. 
<laughs> who are some of the mentors that you had? Uh, maybe it was in college or even before college, but some of the mentors, some of the 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 people, the especially the the, the male figures in your life that kind of replaced that void that you had from your dad to help you grow as a man. Maybe it was coaches, maybe it was some other people, but who were some of those? Well, I, um, I would say three, just right off top. Um, I had a, co- a coach in high school named Monty Fountain. And when I tell you he was the realest, but most understanding coach, like he, he knew how to drive you to a certain point, but tell you why you're getting there. And I just I understood him so much that I think that's why I was so successful at high school. Um, in college, my head coach in college, Coach David Bennett. I mean, he's a, uh, I mean, he's he's family. You know, he's one of those guys that that would sit you down and tell you the real, tell you the truth, but would also you know comfort you in your time of need. You know, he, I mean, he was like a, he was my father while I was in college. You know, and I I still treat him as such today with so much respect. And then I, th- I think the biggest impact I've I've had from a male figure in my life is my uncle. Um, my aunt, my my mom's younger sister, my aunt got married when I was in the tenth grade to to this guy named Therian Alexander, and like he just like he saw what I what I could become and what kind of man I w- was and what kind of person I was acting like, and he he just took me under his wing. And he completely just changed my life. You know, he's he's a guy that that told me that I could be special, but I was heading down the wrong path. And he just treated me like his son. And I mean, I'm so forever grateful to him. I'm always be. So. In 2008, the NFL draft comes and goes. Your name's not called. Were you mm-hmm. upset about that? Was that disappointing not for you all. not being drafted? No. Not at all. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of kids, their their dream is to have their name drafted on draft day and, you know, be, get to go and play in the NFL. My dream was to just graduate college. You know, the NFL was a was a was a bonus. So um when when I when I got the ability and realized that I could make it in the NFL, you know, I didn't care if I got drafted or not. I once it got to a certain point in the draft you know, round six and seven, I was like, I mean, if I don't get drafted, then I can kind of pick my destination. So I had about seven, eight teams that wanted me coming out of college. And my agent and I, we picked the best fit. And I think it went well for us. I would say it did. You went, <laughs> yeah, we made three Pro Bowls, two-time first-team All-Pro, and you end up with the Chargers. And you come to a team with LaDainian Tomlinson and Darren Sproles and Phillip right. Rivers and Antonio Gates and a ton of talent. Yes. And you kind of make your mark not only making the team but playing in 13 games. You started in seven. Tell me about that transition to the NFL, going from undrafted free agent to playing in the NFL. Maybe what the difficult, the most difficult um, transition was for you. Tell me about that. Um, I think just adjusting to the West Coast because mm-hmm. that was my first time going past Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know I, I had been you know been in school we played up and down the East Coast, but I have never been West. So just going to the West Coast and seeing the different cultures, that was the the most shocking part. But the NFL really wasn't that um, that hard to adjust to me. Um, i tell you one funny thing, though. My first day out there, we went out there for minicamp. My first day out there, 
I go in the facility. They drop us off as a few rookies. And and I'm I'm in there, and I'm just lost. I have no idea where to go. And in right behind the door, I open the door, there's Antonio Gates. And he's screaming across the, the, uh, the training room. And then come out of the weight room door is Sean Merriman. So Antonio Gates is on my right. Sean Merriman is on my left. And I'm looking like, Sean Merriman is a big guy. Goodness. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, but of course, I'm, I mean, I'm not scared. I'm not intimidated. So I'm like, man, y'all know where the, uh, James, the head trainer, is? And they was like, who are you, an intern? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm a rookie. I'm a football player. And they was like, oh, okay. And then I introduced myself to him or whatnot. And then I went and saw the head trainer. And it's crazy because, like, Sean and Lights and uh, Antonio Gates, like, we still good buddies to this day and still talk about that moment. That's awesome. And you played four seasons with the Chargers and then moved to Carolina and get there in 2012 and have a pretty good run of success, I would say. 12 wins in 2013, division title in 14, an incredible run in 15, winning 15 games and getting into the Super Bowl. Tell me about the decision to go to Carolina, and maybe that was fairly easy for you considering that's where roots were were made and that's where, you know, you played your college ball. Tell me about making that decision and signing with the Panthers. You know, it was the best decision I could have made for my family and for my, my career, but it almost didn't happen. So Why is uh, that? Well, because, you know, I was negotiating hard with, with the Chargers to stay in San Diego. And they, we had came to an agreement on a deal, you know, they had, um, agreed, we agreed. And I got, I called my agent. I was like, I'm about to go up to the facility and sign this deal. Let me know if it's, if it's okay. As soon as I get in my car, he, he calls me, he says, don't go up there. They changed the deal. So they, they basically cut it in half. And I had Carolina, I had Kansas city, I had, the Giants, I had Jacksonville, I had a lot of teams that was going to offer the same deal that I got here in Carolina. So, but it was more than what San Diego was going to give. So, I said, you know what? I, I just told my agent, I said, Joe, let's go home. He was like, what do you mean? He said, because I'm originally from Georgia. He was like, Atlanta's not not paying. I was like, no, let's go home. Let's go to Carolina. I flew out the next day. Me and my wife and my newborn. Well, she was like seven months at the time. Me and my wife and my and my baby girl, and we signed the deal, and it's the best thing ever. And you get to Carolina, and like I said, those are five pretty good years you played there. I wonder because you you ran the ball a little bit, and you certainly were known as as being you know the the toldozer, as I think was the nickname in blocking guys and just being a beast out there. Yes, do sir. you do you prefer knocking guys? backwards as a fullback or do you do you like the idea of having the ball in your hands and running it a little bit well i think it's fun you know being able to block for other guys you know especially when you can mix it up and you can you can cut guys you can you can hit them high low whatever you know it's fun being able to hit a guy and drive your feet and know he gonna fall on his backside while your running backs running past you yeah but but it's also fun to have the ball in your hands and knowing that nobody's gonna stop you from going forward you know, that's that's the thing that that really gets the blood blood flowing is when you got the ball in your hands and it's man on man. And it was like, you think you're going to stop me? Try. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you made your three Pro Bowls, too, when you were with Carolina and your Super Bowl berth. I wonder, 
because obviously the Super Bowl didn't turn out the way you wanted it, losing to Denver 24-10, and moments of loss can either define us or refine us in many ways. What did, mm-hmm. what did that do for you? What did losing a Super Bowl teach you about sports? Heck, maybe even about life or even faith. What was that experience like for you? Um, I love the Super Bowl experience. You know, it was it was fun. You know, we had a great, great time out there. Um, you know, losing was tough. Yeah. But the experience and just being able to get there was special. I mean, nobody – everybody wants to say they won a Super Bowl or even played in a Super Bowl. I've played in it. You know, I've been I've been to the highest stage. Like, I like to tell, I like to tell my daughter because she likes to think that I'm – I'm just a regular guy. I'm not, I'm just dad. I'm not the pro bowl football player. I had to tell my daughter, you know, I was all pro at one point. She was, <laughs> she's like, what does that mean? I said, that means I was the best in the world at what I do. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And then she goes off in color. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, the Super Bowl, it is just that it's super, it's, it's, it's more, to me, it's more catered around your family and everybody else that's coming in to enjoy the experience. But, the game itself is just football. And football and faith are, are so often connected, especially in the NFL with so many different Bible studies and even conferences, especially the one that we put on. How how did you stay grounded in your faith during your career? Maybe we start with the Chargers and then the Panthers and then even that last year with the Bills and how your faith was rooted, how it was, you know, how, how you were able to feed yourself, if you will, in the Lord during your NFL career. I mean, I think because I'm such a, a spiritual person, you know, um, my grandma, like I said, I was with my grandma a lot. And she, I remember, because my nickname is Bear. So they, she would always call me and be like, Bear, you say your prayers today. And I was like, yes, Nene, I already got them. Say them again, <laughs> you know. So when she passed away, it kind of just elevated my, my spirituality um, in 2009. So from that point on, you know, every game, well, every day I was praying, but every game, you know, I would go and I would pray to her and throughout. So I would pray to her in the end zone. You know, I would take a knee and I would pray to her mm-hmm. and just tell her, keep her, keep her, um, be, be my guardian angel and keep a covering hand of blessing over me and keep me free from hurt, harm and danger and free from injury and go ahead to the play the best of my abilities. Watch over me. So as time went on, I just continued to do that. And then one of my best friends passed away. So I was praying to her and him. And then one of my other best friends passed away. And I was praying to her, her and him. And then mm-hmm. my, my grandfather passed away. So as as the more people I lost when I got older, the more I stayed true to who I was, who she helped me become. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that's how I stayed, stayed true in my faith. Well, what did, what did, what did, I mean, that's awful. That's hard, you know, not awful, but yeah. I mean, death, death is a real thing of life and yet right. it happens and we have to deal with it. You mentioned your, your grandmother passed and I thinking about my grandfather who died 11 years ago now on November 30th, same date. And I just wow. think about, um, you know, how much I missed him and how much I loved him, but really what, when that death happens and what I learned from it, can you, can you walk through a little bit of what you learn through uh, seeing these people that were a part of your life now no longer be a part of it. And not just what you learn about your life, but what you learn about your faith in Christ and just um, just maybe some lessons that come from death, which is it's sometimes it's such a taboo thing to even talk about. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it was tough. Like my grandma was like, 
like my mom in in a, in a sense, like she was my heart, you know, and I was hers. Yeah. And when she passed away, like I almost lost it. Like I I am not gonna lie, I, I just wanted to give up on life. I I didn't want to play football no more. You know, my my wife, she was like she's never seen me like that. You know, it was it was tough. Yeah. And you know, and I just. I just prayed. Like I talked to my mom and she was like, it's hard. It's hard. I know it's hard, but she wouldn't want you to quit. Nobody wants you to quit. You got to stay strong and stay steadfast for her. And, you know, so I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed and, you know, I just came to the realization that death is a part of life, but also understanding that she's a woman of Christ. So when God called her home, she understood where she was going. So she was, she was okay with it. Right. And then the way she passed away was so peaceful that she knew it was her time, you know? So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, it's tough to deal with in the flesh, but spiritually, I know I'll see her again. Mm. That's really good. A couple more questions here with Mike Tolbert on the podcast, and let's let's uh, let's end on a, maybe a fun note, um, some with some football memories. I know uh, we're airing this podcast right before Thanksgiving, and okay. there's football. Thanksgiving is about turkey, eating lots of food, hanging with family, and watching football. And I know you were a part of a game a few years ago. I think it was 2015 against Dallas. Uh, and played in Dallas and, and whipped them pretty good, I think, if I remember. So tell me about what it was like, what that means to to play a game on Thanksgiving. Well, you know, it's it's fun because, you know, growing up as a as a avid like football fanatic, you know, growing up, that was that was our, our family thing. You know, we would eat our, our turkey and our dressing and our fried chicken and macaroni and cheese and <laughs> cranberry sauce and all that good stuff. We would eat, we would play cards. My uncles and my granddaddy would would sit there, sit around the fire, and and drink their their alcohol, and <laughs> and we would uh, watch football, you know. And I'm sitting there with them while they drinking and smoking cigars and watching football, and I'm just watching football like I'm stuck into the TV. So now being in the NFL, having an opportunity to play, and knowing that my family is watching me play on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day was so fun, you know, and then to go out there and and basically expose them for everything that we thought they were on that day. Yes, you did. You know, was was fun as well, you know. And I, and I got my I had my wife with me. I had my uh my oldest daughter with me. I had my mom was there. My uncle that I told you about was there. So it was fun. Hmm. And it's one thing to to play on Thursdays on Thanksgiving, but I think just from a general perspective as a fan, it, is that hard to turn turn around that quickly especially the position you play where you're hitting people on every play it feels like is that hard to turn around from a sunday to play a, th- a thursday night game i know that the fans love seeing football you know pretty much every day of the week but that can't be easy to just stop after sunday turn around and then try to be ready to play three days later no it's it's definitely not easy it's a thing in nfl that, that us players we like to call terrible tuesdays <laughs> yeah. so normally like when you know how like if you're working out you don't you feel the soreness, but you won't feel it to the day after. Right. So it's the same way with with football. You out there banging and playing on Sunday. You know Monday you feel it a little bit, but Tuesday you really feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that's terrible Tuesday, and then Wednesday you trying to get back right a little bit, but you got to do things to to help your body recover. 
Otherwise, on Thursday, it's going to be a tough game for you. Mm. Well, let's end it with this. You played your last game uh, this past January for Buffalo, actually a playoff game against Jacksonville. You've yes, gone sir. through the offseason. The 28th season here is in full force, and you're not playing with a team, and you're enjoying the life as a dad, the three kids, and being a husband. What are you learning from the Lord right now during this season of life? What is God teaching you? Patience. <laughs> in what way? <laughs> well, I mean, just just in knowing that you have to enjoy life, you know, patience in the fact that, you know, sometimes um, I, I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old. Mm. So obviously, you know, it can get kind of hectic. So patience and enjoying the, the, the little things, you know, uh, the Lord has always taught me that things are not going to be done my way. It's going to be done his way. You know, I'm I'm looking into um to to starting a new career. You know, to start new things, and I just keep like every time I talk to him, I pray his patience. Mm-hmm. That's I mean every time every time I, I ask him like what should I do about this situation, patience, have patience. So that's one thing that I, I'm learning right now. Now that I got I got more time to pray. I got more time to be with my family. Is have more patience, like. Like I wanted to do something to jump into something business wise, like two months ago and I prayed on it and he told me have patience. And then literally a week later, the Panthers called for me to call, come up there and do some media stuff. So if I had jumped into this other opportunity, I wouldn't been able to do what I really want to do. And that's be involved in football some kind of way. So I had to have patience and he was going to, bring another door my way so that's the main thing is just just staying true to who he wants me to be and have the patience that he's keep telling me to have and things will work out according to his will he is mike tolbert former nfl running back i don't like using that word but you used it so i'll use it my friend <laughs> two-time first team all pro three-time pro bowler and a member of that Carolina Panthers 2015 NFC Championship team. Mike, thanks for joining us here on the podcast, and hopefully we'll catch up and uh, talk some more soon. Absolutely, man. See you at PAO. Great conversation there with Mike Tolbert, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, and a member of that 2015 NFC Championship team with the Carolina Panthers, 10 years in the NFL. Mike Tolbert joined us here on the podcast. I really loved talking to Mike. Just a, a jovial, energetic, joyful person who I, I think has a, you know really overcome a lot to get to where he got to as far as on the field. I mean, he was undrafted out of Coastal Carolina and played 10 years in the NFL and was one of the best players. I mean, when you're a first-team All-Pro, you are one of the best players at your position, if not the best player. In your at your position in the NFL, and Mike was just that for two years. So enjoy talking to him. I wish him nothing but the best in his future going forward. If you want to give him a follow, you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Tolbert thirty five at Mike Tolbert thirty five. Give him a follow there. Let him know that you heard his interview on the intersection of sports and faith here at Sports Spectrum. Thanks again for joining us and listening to us. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sports underscore spectrum. You can email me directly, jason at sportsspectrum.com. Let me know what you think of this podcast, any guest ideas that you have, any feedback. We would love to hear from you. Also, leave a review. Go to iTunes, Apple Podcast. 
Leave a review there. Let us know what you thought of this episode of the podcast. And you can do that by going to Apple iTunes and just clicking on that leave a review area. And it helps get the word out to Apple and all of their people who download podcasts about this Sports Spectrum show and the intersection of sports and faith. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Tomorrow is actually Thanksgiving, Thursday, November 22nd. So I want to wish everyone out there a happy Thanksgiving. We really do appreciate you listening and being a part of the Sports Spectrum family, the growing Sports Spectrum family. Uh, just been over 450,000 downloads of this podcast and just so many people hearing about the stories of sports and faith and, and continuing to grow. And you are a part of that. And so we are thankful to you. And of course, we're thankful to God. So happy Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday. We'll have a brand new episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast coming your way Friday, November 23rd, and excited for you to hear that one as well. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time right here on Sports Spectrum.